0: This is a production by One and All Media. For more, head to oneandall.media.
1: If you're in the Christian creed, it says that you live and you work for the purpose of improving the lives of others. Now there's nothing wrong with enjoying moments with your family, special moments of vacation travel. That that's not the point. Your ultimate point should be to look for opportunities to improve the lives of someone else. Today. 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 Today with Jeff Finds. We are taking the gospel to the world.
0: Pastor, apologist and Bible teacher.
1: One truth that will be delivered in love and compassion, connecting every one person to all that God has promised them.
0: You make me wanna dance and sing with every single breath I breathe. I will break this offering. You are my wonder, you make the wonder. Today. Today. Today Today with Jeff Fiennes. Welcome back to Today with Jeff Fiennes. My name's Aaron and we're in the middle of a series titled at the movies, where Pastor Jeff is looking at how good fantasy stories relate to the story of the gospel. Now, last time on the program, we started by looking at how the story of the Mandalorian, so for all you Star Wars fans out there, this is the completion of a message we started last time, looking at how the story of the Mandalorian relates to the story of the gospel. We're linking these two stories by looking in the Bible at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 2-7. through Now, if 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 you're unfamiliar with The Mandalorian, don't worry. There's still going to be some nuggets of truth that apply to your life today that you're going to find here in this message. And if you want to go back and listen to the first part of this message, you can find it by searching wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for Today with Jeff Finds" and you'll be able to catch up there. For now, let's join Pastor Jeff as he continues to explain how good fantasy stories relate to the story of
1: the gospel. Jesus says, this is the way, and few find it. So keep your eyes, I told them, on Jesus. Keep your mind on the narrow way. Keep your feet traveling in the right direction, for this is the way, and it is narrow. Honor, living a life of integrity. You are who you say you are. Strength, living a life of distinction, a life that compels others to follow. And I love this third category. Stay with me. Loyalty. Loyalty to one's own family. It has two parts to it. The first part goes like this, in the Mandalorian Creed, loyalty to the Mandalorian by way of honoring their values. So in other words, to violate the Mandalorian code is not only to violate yourself, but to violate the entire clan. There's no I in the code. There's no individualism. Everything you do reflects the entire clan. Now. As I got into season two, and I started noticing how the writers were writing the narrative, I thought, my goodness, this is ridiculous, this is like the Bible. In one episode of Mandalorian, he meets a man who's wearing a Mandalorian suit, but the man's not a Mandalorian. See, you've got to take the creed to wear this suit. Mando immediately demands that he give the suit over, because he's not taking the Mandalorian creed. Everything he says and does reflects the Mandalorian clan but he's not truly a Mandalorian because he's not taking the creed. He just looks the part on the outside, but inside he's not the real thing. Does that sound familiar? In fact, if one's actions did not bring honor to one's clan, he was, you ready for this, excommunicated. He was called Dar-Amanda. Here's the question. When you're in the middle of a temptation, when you're in the middle of doing something you know is not right, do you ever stop and say this, How will this make my clan look? Do you escape the individualism and say, what I'm about to post here online will make the Christian clan look really bad? What I'm about to say here, where I'm about to go, what I'm about to do, what I'm about to like? those who know that I'm part of the Christian clan, if they see that, I will bring shame to the name of Jesus. What if every time when you had a tough decision to make, that's how you approached it? How will this make the Christ-following family look? The second thing about the Mandalorian Code, you're required to protect, serve, value, and sacrifice for one's own clan. So if I'm a Mandalorian and I notice another Mandalorian or a foundling, an orphan who needs my help, then I am responsible to do whatever it takes to protect them and serve them, including sacrificing my own life. Seriously, folks, what does this sound like? Galatians 6.10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. We are compelled to take care of our own. Did you know that? How many of you remember Chuck Colson? Now, you're showing our age here. I bet those of you who haven't seen Mandalorian know who Chuck Colson is. (laughs) He was a personal counsel to President Nixon from 1969 to 1973, actually responsible later in life for beginning what is known today as prison ministry. But he was also the central figure in the Watergate scandal. He was sent to prison for one to three years. He had become a Christian before he began serving his time But unfortunately, shortly after he was incarcerated, Colson received the news that his father had died, that his son had been arrested on narcotics charge, that the Virginia Supreme Court actually revoked his license to practice law, that his wife Patty was sinking into deep depression, and Colson still had two more years on his sentence. True story, this is fascinating. Al Key, A veteran congressman from Minnesota, one of the most respected men in Washington, discovered an old statute that could possibly allow him to serve out Colson's sentence so that Colson could return and take care of his family. And He offered to do exactly that. In fact, not only Al Key, but three other men in high position in Washington offered to do the same thing. Now Colson obviously would not allow it. But he said, that kind of Christian love and care revived my sagging spirit. And he wrote, it was almost more than I could possibly imagine. This love of one man for another, Christ's love. Al Key would give up his whole career, Doug Cole would lay down his life, Graham and Harold too, and this day I knew him as i never before, him as Christ. I'd felt his presence all right, but now I knew his power and love through the deep caring of four men. Is this not how a family operates though? I mean, seriously, we fight each other within, but if someone from the outside comes in, we gather together, we rally the troops. We would never let, if we're a real family, if the church was a real family, we would never let somebody in our family suffer hardship. We would never allow them to go without food or clothing or medical care. We would never allow them to go unprotected against those who would try to cause harm. That's what you do for your family, your brothers, your sister, your mother, right? You sacrifice for your family. No one's ever left behind. You die for them if necessary. Now, some of you might say, well, Pastor Jeff, if that's the kind of people you had over there at One and All Church, then I'd be the first one there. And I would say, no, you wouldn't, because you'd ruin it. (laughs) See, we don't have family like that because we're not family like that, and we don't have friends like that because we're not friends like that. And the problem we have now is there are new little families on every street corner, in every city. So If we get angry with our family, we just find a new one down the street. See, We want to be good to our family, we just don't know who they are anymore. We don't know the difference between who's dropped anchor and said, this is my family, and who at the first sign of trouble, I'm out of here. That's not what you do with family. With family, you stick with a place through thick and thin. You don't just walk away when you don't get your way. You stay the course with those you love. You identify with a specific clan. You drop anchor. You live life together as iron sharpens iron. That's why you better make real sure before you drop anchor in a church that this is where God wants you to be because now you're part of a family. You know What is all this about finding your safe place? What is this? I finally looked up the definition online. and a safe place, and I just want to say, OMG, oh my goodness. A safe place is defined as finding your place that is free of conflict and criticism. Are you living in a dream world? I've been searching for that place for 52 years. The problem is every time I find it, I'm there. I'm an internal contradiction and conflict. Sometimes, I'm hardest on my own self. There's no, don't you realize you find a place like that, you're of no earthly good for anything. You need criticism. You need conflict. That's how you grow. Otherwise, you remain like a little three-year-old that thinks you should be given trophies for everything you do and that you're wonderful and never make any mistakes. Honor. Living a life of integrity, you are who you say you are. Strength, living a life of distinction, a life that compels others to follow. Third, loyalty, loyalty to one's own clan. Fourth and finally, we're going to finish here, death. Now stay with me. You've done well so far. And I got the clock back there. I know how much time I have left, so I'm going to have to move fast. This is where the Mandalorian code truly interests me. Because the code concerning death says this. Everyone dies. What matters is how you die. Do you die in weakness, running from conflict towards self-preservation? Or do you die as you have lived in honor and strength and loyalty? I started thinking about this, and I thought, here we go again. They, they've had to take in this from the greatest story ever told. Can I ask you a few questions again? How do you, what is the posture of your life really? Do you live for self-preservation and luxury? Is that the goal of your life? To live and to work and to spend it on yourself. Is that you? That's not the Christ Creed, man. If you're in the Christian Creed, it says that you live and you work for the purpose of improving the lives of others. Now, there's nothing wrong with taking your vacation. Listen, there's nothing wrong with enjoying moments with your family, special moments of vacation, travel. That's not the point but it shouldn't be the ultimate point. Your ultimate point should be to look for opportunities to improve the lives of someone else. What's the only thing Jesus didn't have in heaven? You and me. So he gave all that up to come at get us. How do you respond when God brings somebody across your path that needs a family member to pick them up, save them, restore them? The last great European revival occurred when the churches began living by this theme, live more simply than others might simply live. Do you know what the Creed of the Christ follower is? Two passages, Matthew 10, 38, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Do you know what that means? It means that your new master now is Jesus. That's your new Lord and master. But it also means this, that every day you're going to pick up the burdens of your life. And you're not going to concentrate on that burden. You're going to concentrate on how you can alleviate the burdens of others. Jeff, that's a rather high expectation. Yes, it is. This is the way. And it is narrow. And only if you find it. Now, let me help you because there's a part in all of us that I think that we really want to be this type of person. I think we really do. You hear this message, you're convicted. But at the same time, I really, you know, Pastor Jeff, I really want to do that, but, but there's so many struggles in my life, and somebody just lost their job backstage. <laughs> and I think I can help you, I think I can help you. We're like a bungee jumper. who who knows that the adrenaline adventure waits if we'll just jump off the bridge. But we get to the bridge and suddenly we have doubts and we feel like we're too weak to jump. Now, when that happens, how do people convince you to jump? Have you ever noticed? They start working on your mind because they know if you win the victory here, you'll win it here. So they'll say things to you like, you'll be fine, I promise you're going to be fine. The cords have only broken three times in the whole history of this, right? Or seriously, you have to do this. If you don't do this, you're going to live the rest of your life with regret. You're going to wonder, what would it have been like had I jumped off the bridge? Or sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll really go for the jugular here. They'll say something like, dude, an 80-year-old man just did this last week. <laughs> or sister, an 8-year-old boy did this an hour ago. Or just think of the video story that you're going to have to share with your friends. The point is, the battle has to be won internally before you can be victorious externally. Now, we're coming to the climax here. Stay with me. Season two of Mandalorian. When I saw this, I thought, that's it, that's it. They plagiarized this whole story from the Bible. Mandalorian comes to a small town in the galaxy far, far away where there's a huge, ugly monster who's terrorizing people. And wouldn't you know it, he lives underground. He's an underground dragon. Sounds like Revelation 12. He appears from under the earth and consumes people. At any time, any place, you never know when he's coming. And the people in the town live in fear, wondering when his next appearance will be. Mandalorian gathers all of the people together. Even those who had been enemies in the past now, he unites under his leadership. Evidently, The legend is that the only place this monster is weak is in his underbelly, and so they go to the monster's cave. They try to lure him outside out of his sleep, and they plant all these explosives in a hole, hoping that as he chases them on the outside, he'll fall into the hole, and they'll explode the explosive, and it'll blow the creature to bits. The problem is they get him out, he goes into the hole, but the explosives are no match for the evilness of this underground beast. Mandalorian suddenly realizes the only way to destroy this beast is to do it from the inside out. He allows the beast to swallow him, and he goes in with this massive set of explosives. And then when he's swallowed, he drops them off inside, and then he uses his high-powered laser to fight his way out, and the beast regurgitates him. He comes on the outside when he's in clearance. He pushes the button and blows up the belly of the beast from the inside, and he's destroyed. (laughs) This is the gospel. Jesus goes into the belly of the worst beast, death itself. And he blows death apart from the inside. And he defeats death once and for all, and now gives you and me new life. And the whole illustration is to show you that if you're going to defeat the evil on the out, it's got to be blown up from the inside. So The Spirit of the living God comes on the inside to give you the power and the victories in your life. That's why 1 Corinthians 15, 3, the passage I ask you to turn to early, became the Christian creed. For what I received, I pass on to you as a first important that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Now, Why did that become the Christian creed? Because the death, burial, and resurrection was proof that your greatest enemy, death, had already been destroyed. So if that's your greatest enemy, and it's already been overpowered, that means nothing you face in this life can overpower you because that same power, that blew death apart from the inside out, now lives in you. you with me? You say, Pastor Jeff, I hear what you're saying. It sounds good in theory, but I got to tell you, I just, I don't feel I have that kind of power and I, I live a defeated life. Okay, I need to help you. This is the only way I know to go about this because I, I know that we struggle. I know that we fall. I know that, but that should not be the posture of our lives. We do have those seasons, but the graft of our life should be going like this. You know, we're, we're down, we do, we, we do stupid things in our human flesh. We're defeated, but we should be going like this. If we follow the Christian creed, it should be eventually going upward. I can only think of one reason that it doesn't, and it's because the Holy Spirit of God is not in you. So you're still attacking this by your own strength, and you will never be victorious. Now I want to remind you of something, and I may I may have a part to play in this. Some of this may be my fault, so I want to straighten it up. When you came to the baptism pool, what were you thinking? You know The Bible tells you that you come to a point in your life where you realize you're a sinner, that you are helpless, that unless you come to the altar of Christ, you can't be forgiven, and he will separate your sins as far as the east is from the west, but at the same time, you know that even going forward now, you're not going to be perfect. There's no perfection, but there should be distinction so that when you are baptized into Christ, you die to your old way, you're resurrected to the new, and now the Spirit of God is in you, and now you start climbing that ladder. So why, if that's true, have many of us made no change? Let me tell you why. What was your attitude when you came to the water? For some of you, it's this. You know what? All my friends are doing this, man. I got to do it. I'm going to look silly. So you did it. Well, it's Easter, and we're all at the Felix Event Center, and that water looks good, and everybody's doing it. I want to be part of it. I want to join this party. I'm in. My dad and mom have been after me to do this forever. I'm tired of hearing their voice. I'm just going to get it done. And I'll get off my back. For some of you, look at that water. It's magical. I'm going to jump in there, and I'm going to be perfect after I come out. And then you went home on the 210 and somebody cut you off and you rode down the window and you gave them the high sign, and you thought that water's not magical. See, the will is the most important thing to God. Did you know that? Not the activity. He knows you're gonna he knows you're weak, but the will is the most important thing. What does that mean? How did you approach God when you came to him? There's only one right answer. I'm a sinner, I need forgiveness, I want to be right with God, and when I get out of this water. I'm going to reposition my life in such a way as to not bring shame to the name of Jesus. And even though I know I may fall, I'm never going to quit, and I'm going to give such energy and intention to live in a holy and pure life, I might spiritually bleed. How many who are Christ followers today live like that? How many when they came said, man, I'm, this is it for me? This is the way, and the way is narrow. And you'll know them by their fruit, not their perfection. But man, if you came out of that water, and you don't have a passion to be with the body of Christ, you don't have a passion for worship, you don't have a passion, you just kind of think that you're going to get Jesus involved in the things you really want to do in your life. He's not the Lord of your life. He's a magical formula, and he will not have it. Jeff, what are you asking me to do? Go back to the beginning. Go back to fundamentals. If this is you, and you feel like you've never had a heart change, I'm asking you to go back to fundamentals. I'm asking you to go back and reconsider. Am I questioning your salvation? No, that's not my job. That's judgmental. Only God knows your heart. I'm simply telling you this. If it's true that you have no power in your life, if it's true there's no real passion in your life, if it's true that church and being with people is just something that you do socially, but there's no real movement of the hand of God in your life, there's a problem go back to the beginning. Go back again. Drop on your knees. God, I'm sorry. I don't know what I did, but I want to get it right this time. And for some of you, it might mean you go back to the water. Not that you need the second baptism, but you need to go back to the water in the real heart and frame of mind. That when I go into this water, I'm changing the way I live. For some of you, You've never taken the Christian creed. That uniform you're wearing looks good, but you've never taken the creed, and that's why you struggle. Pray for me as I pray for you. Go back to the beginning. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and I will be with you even to the end of the age. Acts 2 and Matthew 28, those who were buried with Jesus in baptism, they have been raised to walk in a newness of life. Is that you? Father, thank you for the power of your word, for conviction when it comes, so that our eyes may be opened and we may understand that these are matters of eternity. It is our prayer that we would never judge anyone. We don't know a person's heart, only you know the heart. Only you know the will. And I know there are people in this room whose will it is to live by the Christian creed, and they struggle. May they get a new awareness of your grace. But then there are those who have no intention. There's no real effort. There's no real struggle. There's no real discipline. There's no real thinking about it, except on Sunday morning. And I pray in that idea, in that life, there would be incredible conviction, maybe a rededication, Maybe a, re- a recommitment, maybe going all the way back to the beginning and starting again and trusting you as we bend our knee and say, I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. In his name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to Today with
0: Jeff Finds. Next time, we'll bring you a new message from Pastor Jeff. You can listen to more messages like this, just search for Today with Jeff Finds wherever you listen to podcasts. You make me